This is holding down the fort. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Holding Down the Fort. Phil Pohl wrapping up with us today. Just got done telling us a little bit about what it's like being a big league bullpen catcher, staying at the Ritz-Carlton, seeing his friends who are not staying at the uh, the highest of levels. Phil, welcome back to the show, brother. Yeah, man. Nice to be back. So um, walking into our new role at Clemson, walk me through a little bit of the uh, the role of Hey, how did we get a bullpen catcher job at the highest level? Me and uh, we'll call him Dirt McGirt hanging out with you in uh, 2020. I've got a professional job. Everyone's getting sent home through COVID. You end up maintaining that bullpen job for a couple of years and then transitioning into a, a Clemson player development role. Walk me through that whole situation there. Yeah. Uh, Got really lucky. 2020 COVID hit. Um, I mean, there was layoffs all over the country. Minor league baseball had a ton of layoffs. I think the A's laid off the majority of their minor league staff. Um, fortunately, the major league guys, they kept on, um, which I was part of that. So I, I really lucked out. Um, but yeah, I finished shooting another that crazy 2020 year um, and then went back for the 2021 short, season. Short season for you guys at the uh, at the pro level, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it ended up being like a 60 game schedule by the time things were said and done. They had a, you know, that the second spring training that everybody did at their major league facility, you had all the crazy COVID protocol, wacky, wacky year, but um, turned out to be a good year uh, for the Oakland organization. Um, I want to say they, I'm trying to, they won the wild card against White Sox at home in Oakland and ended up playing the Houston Astros at Dodger stadium. Uh, got beat by Houston in the division round when they expanded it, but crazy year. Anyway, 2021 season comes and goes. Um, I got offered the position to manage the high club in Lansing, um, Lansing, Michigan. And just looking at where we were at as a family, my wife and I, we had had a son at the time seemed like a better, better move for me to, to kind of get more on the player development side at the minor league level. So had the opportunity to do that first season. And then um, sure enough, opened up another door here at Clemson. And that's, that's where I'm at now. So uh, I, I really enjoyed my time managing. This just seemed like it was going to be a little better family for my family, as well as, you know, uh, my development, both as a, you know, coach and instructor mentor. So, uh, and, a, and a place where I was able to get back to my alma mater, having played four years of, of baseball here. So it was, it was a good move. Absolutely. And now take me, if you don't mind back through those four years of baseball, I remember us having a, really good junior season. I had come out to see in the, the Cape um, as a freshman, you were back in the Cape as a sophomore, take me through that junior season and just some of the ups and downs we had from either a personal standpoint or just a, uh, a statistic standpoint where we were really in a good spot to, uh, to go to the draft that year. Yeah. Uh, you talking about college career. Yeah. Those first two years I struggled. I was, it was tough. Um, Shoot, I'm trying to think. I, I think I maybe only had a 10 starts my freshman year and then started another 10 games, appeared in another 10. So I really had, didn't have any type of credentials. Um, kind of felt like, hey, this could be a spot where, you know, my career is going to end after and, this next And year. just just a a shout out to to Spencer Clayboom, right? That, yeah, that Spencer Spence was the guy Spence. who was behind us a year, right? Yeah, Spence came in. Um, 
I guess it was myself and, and John Nestor for the first year. And then Spence came in as a freshman and ended up uh, after the ACC tournament, he started every game uh, the year the Tigers went to Omaha. So Spencer was, you know, very, very pivotal in the, in the Clemson baseball success in 2010. Um, it was fun to, you know, work alongside him for another two years. And then he got drafted after his junior year, which turned out to be my senior year. But yeah, uh, like I said, struggled my first two years big adjustment big jump and then um, I think I just started realizing hey this might be the last two years I ever get to play baseball let's just take a deep breath and a step back and enjoy the ride while I'm doing it and I think once I was able to relax a little bit and just kind of let things lay where they were I was able to start playing a little looser the the statistics started coming the game started coming started to see my name in the lineup a little bit more and, and was able to capitalize on some opportunities. Yeah, and that that's always such a, a big thing for guys at any level, right? Whether you're a 13U guy who just moved up to the big field or you're a first-year varsity guy who's like, oh, man, the expectations are so big of me. Was it an expectation thing the first two years from ourselves, from the, the program, from Jack, right? Or was it just like, hey, we we haven't been fully prepared for this weather we've been at the Syracuse level, whether we've been at the, the high Cooperstown level, all these guys putting in extra time, you almost realize like when you get there, it's just like, Oh man, I've been working hard, but it's, it doesn't seem to be hard enough. What are these other guys doing that kind of set them apart from, from us, if you will? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's important to state. And I think, you know, especially where society is at now, like in, instant gratification. Yeah. Like, Hey, we oh, all- hey. The, there's there's been about 15 years between our recruiting process and Mike Trout being a first rounder to where we're at in this day and age. And yes, yeah. it's changed a lot, right? Well, I, I and like the important thing to remember is sometimes development takes time. Uh, we, we weren't exposed to some of the higher level competition in Cooperstown. That's just the reality of it. So uh, yeah, I think ideally I would have went down there as a freshman and started every game, but I, I was not developed enough to compete at that level and it took me two full years of you know inner squads and a little bit of games I was exposed to and that's part of the development process and it's arduous at times and it's tough but it, I mean it is what it is sometimes it just takes time to develop and for me it took two two full collegiate seasons and that's that's a big thing now I feel like I got to my winter of my my sophomore year at Niagara and I was like Oh man, like this is the time where I've really figured it out. I was 91 to 93, real good off-speed pitches kind of to, to come into the offering. Lost a hundred pounds from a ugly freshman body to an almost underweight six three guy, you know, kind of going into his sophomore year. And it was like, hey, we have a senior who's here who's 92 to 95. He has a bunch of checkers coming. He has a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of, you know, scouts coming to see him. And it was really my chance to kind of, to kind of show up, talk to me a little bit through, obviously I had a snowboarding incident where we should probably stay off the slopes here in the Northeast. You idiots. Um, you know, (laughs) when it comes to your development, but talk to me a little bit about that oh God moment or that, oh dear moment where you were kind of like, Hey, I'm not just a Clemson baseball player, but I belong on the field for Clemson baseball at this level. Yeah. Like you said, you know, for you, it was a development thing as well. Like, Hey, we're coming out of freshman year high school or or senior year high school. And you're like, Hey, you know, I feel pretty good about where I'm at. 
physically what you're doing and then you're a big fish in this little pond that you know you jump into this bigger pond and you realize and i i remember just to just to cut you off the the umpires at first base i'm playing first base while you're throwing and it's like um jack armstrong or whatever the freaking guy's name is from oneana they're like hey he's going to Cortland. this guy's going to be so good he's playing against you today well where are you going and i'm like well i'm going to niagara to be a, a regular student and they're like oh that's that's great like we thought you would go to play somewhere and it's like yeah. guys in that area it's always kind of like man we're we're catching up to the other guys who are are in our area you're so head and shoulders above all the friggin' guys in our area. And I don't mean to toot your horn or say that you are what you're not, but like, God damn, man, like you're a high school draft pick in the smallest pond that could possibly exist in a town of 1800 people, a graduation graduating class of under a hundred dudes. Like how do we handle coming home from our senior trip and being like, man, I'm a high school draft pick. Wait, I'm going to Clemson. I'm just another guy at Clemson and then ultimately turning into like, Hey, those couple of years that it takes you to get used to it. Yeah. I mean, it was surreal at the time, you know, you, you get drafted. We were all on the senior trip. It was awesome to get to share with everybody. And then uh, I think you, you know, you have the opportunity. I got down there and you really quickly get, get humbled and come right back to reality. You know, that first fall practice I was a part of, it was like, Hey, I, you know, I felt like I was in good spot, good shape. Hey, I, I'm going to come in and compete for the starting job. And I, I fully believed I was going to have the opportunity to do that. And then all of a sudden you kind of realize who you're up against and you say, okay, you know, my, I got my work cut out for me now. doesn't mean you, you know, give up and shut the door. And it, you know, probably happened a little slower than I think I wanted it to, but that's how it goes sometimes. And you just kind of keep your nose down and keep working hard and stay positive. And, and uh, I was fortunate enough to, to, you know, kind of outlast it and, put myself in a position, like I said, that junior year where I was able to, to compete and perform a little bit better. Of course. And now I remember us getting together your, your freshman year in Cape Cod, um, probably like 11 or 12 of us in a, uh, a Chatham hotel room that we probably say, weren't crammed into a hotel room. Yeah. We were not supposed to all be crammed into. I recall, uh, dirt and myself causing some trouble for, uh, the room at the, at the time. And, um, you know, being there, it was like, for again, for me, it's, wow, I'm at such a high level. I'm such a cool guy. I'm a big Division One baseball player. They wrote a nice article about me in our home newspaper. The people at home are like, oh, like, good for you. Go on. And then I go see Phil Pohl, where parents who don't even interact with you anymore are driving to the Cape Cod Summer League to watch you play. I remember Mrs. Patrikas kind of coming out and it was like, what are you doing at this game? Like that all of his friends are at and they're like, well, we were hoping he'd play today, you know? And it's this town gets behind such a, you know, a guy who worked so hard and has done so much. And it's like, it's so good to see that happen again. You get to that level and you're like, Oh shit, I'm not where I need to be. How do you go from being the biggest guy to like, Hey, I'm going to earn time as, as a junior. How do we end up getting on the field as a junior at Clemson? If you don't mind explaining that. Yeah, no, I, I think it goes back to kind of like what we were talking about. It's, it's initially, it's a, 
like a, a humbling come back down to earth moment and um, you know, having the opportunity to play against some of those guys at the highest level in, in college, you know, whether it's in the ACC or Cape Cod, you realize, okay, Hey, maybe I'm never going to have some of the skill sets that a lot of these guys have. So if I want to hang with them, if I want to compete and perform against them, I'm going to have to find another way to separate myself. For me, it turned out like in the weight room, strength conditioning, it was something that I, I could push myself a little further than maybe other people could or, or tried to do so. So being able to do that gave me a, an edge where I maybe fell short in other parts of the game physically or athletically. So um, for me, like throwing the towel was never an option. So it's where can I find some some value in other parts of this game, whether it be the mental game, whether it be the physical side, strength conditioning, sports performance, analytics nowadays plays a big thing. Where can I exert myself where I can gain an edge where maybe I'll fall a little short in other parts? And that's that's really what I did. I just tried, tried to find and jump on whatever I could to scratch and claw my way to hang around. Absolutely. And then you find yourself just like, hey, am I the best guy for this situation? Well, I'm in the situation. I better do the most I can. Hey, I got another chance. I better do the most I can. And then all of a sudden it just becomes like, I I can't explain that, that coming of age that goes through like the sophomore to junior year of college where you're like, Hey, like I really belong here. And like, I, I can just do what I do and like, can expect that that's good enough. Right. I don't have to do too much. I don't have to be more than the Cooperstown Phil pull. I've worked harder and I've developed the skills harder, but I'm not trying to do something that's outside of my game. And then all of a sudden we go through our senior year, we get to the, like the big league level, right? The big league level. And it's like, how do you just fit in in such a spot where it's like, Hey, if you've never been here, if you've never been part of this, Hey, if you're not as good as we are, you don't belong. How do we fit into a, a big league, you know, feel for, for, from your standpoint where we might not be a guy on the roster, but we're just as critical to everybody getting better. Yeah. I mean, that, that position for me, it was just trying to find an avenue where I could add as much value as I could to, you know, in any way to help either the guys or the staff prepare. So yeah, we might not be performing like actual on the field and competing, but we can perform in other areas. So in that situation, it was either equipment or helping the pitcher get ready or helping the staff on whatever they need. So really, you know, it's same as an athlete. It's a, it's a still a competition, finding whatever you can do to, to really add some value to keep yourself around. And our BP was a freaking staple. I remember coming on the field at Cleveland and you relieving your first round BP guy and watching Simeon Olson Chapman take freaking BP off you. And I still talk to my wife till this day about, Oh my God, we watched Matt Olson come off the field on the visitor side and talk to his dad about what he was feeling in that round. We watched Chapman have interactions with the coaching staff and the player development staff about, Hey, I'm really going to try to do this in the next round. And it's like, how cool is it to be that big of a deal in guys who are such a higher level than us being on the field? It almost brings me back to you, me, dirt, Galata, everybody hopping on the bus for the Cubs and Padres at the, uh, at the Hall of Fame game and seeing Trevor Hoffman's kids in the front seat, seeing 
Khalil Khalil Green, seeing uh, you know, Derek Lee, seeing Carlos Zambrano, and it's like, oh my gosh, like these dudes are at the gym. Trevor Hoffman is riding the bike naked. And like, that's what he does every day. Like what's wrong with this guy? He has the most saves in baseball. Like you can't make up the routine that goes into making these guys the best that they can possibly be. And you can't really, you can't question it at any level. Anybody that you've seen kind of along the way, who've had a crazy warm up routine or a crazy ritual that you kind of came across and you were like, Oh geez, I can't believe that works for him, but it works for him. Yeah, not I, like nothing that really jumps out. We're like, man, that guy, that was a crazy deal. But what does jump out is the most successful guys like had a routine, had a preparation plan and stuck to it. It was like routine oriented religiously. Some of those guys, like we talked about the Axfords and the Blake trying like those guys, they knew what they were doing when they're throwing program. They knew what they were doing with their certain conditioning work. They knew what they had to do for their conditioning. Like in the, in the training room, in the weight room, on the field, they had a plan. They knew how to prepare. They stuck to it. Boom. They're, they're multi-year, you know, veteran big leaguers because of it. Yeah. And like, we'll go into a little bit of, you know, contract stuff, right? Like all of a sudden we have guys who are getting paid a ton who are earning their way to, to big numbers. Walk me through a little bit as a guy who's like, Hey, it sucks to say it, but like, we're not going to be a big contract guy as a part of this staff. How do we help those guys? And how do we kind of keep the, Hey, those guys almost team first mentality as we're working there every day as a guy who's just kind of, you know, a coach, a support staff and, you know, watching these guys advance. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was never involved in any of the contractual talk meetings. So, uh, you know, public knowledge, you know, what guys are making here and there, but I think, you know, some guys were at the early part of their career. Other guys were at the later part of their career. Um, you know, having the opportunity to, to play and compete at the highest level in major league baseball for a lot of those guys was, you know, just having the opportunity to sign a major league contract and to keep out there, go on for one more year, one more game, one more pitch, you know, that's what a lot of these guys were trying to do is hang on as long as they can and perform at the highest level. But contractually, yeah, that's that's not stuff that I was involved in. But yeah, whatever you can do, whether it's me as bullpen catcher to add some value. I mean, same would go whether you're pitching the fourth inning mop up at the bullpen or you're closing. It's where can you add the most value to, to help the team win? And that's that's awesome because you've watched guys go into the third inning in a 10 nothing ball game. You've watched the best relievers in the game go into a game with a tie in the bottom of the eighth with the most critical situations. How do we get those guys? Once again, like we're from the middle of nowhere. We've had what we've had is preparation and Clemson is so much better than freaking Niagara or anywhere else that I've been, but I've been in some pro organizations and it's like, you seem to have, such a calmness, such a, Hey, this is your job. Get this done in this situation. How did you get to a spot where we're the big league bullpen catcher? And we're like calming down the dudes who go into the most critical situations at the biggest spots in the entire season. Yeah. I mean, like I said, those guys, they don't, they don't need me or really anybody like when it comes to game time, you know, they, the, they're, really dominance comes in their preparation and those guys who are studs they take care of it long before you know that first pitch is thrown so like they take care of all their work 
pregame. They know what they're doing. They make their adjustments that time in the training and the practice and everything else. And then once the, like their phone rings and those guys name gets called, like they lean on their preparation and it's not like, Hey, I got to go out here and search for something. They, they know what they have. They know what they're able to do. And it's just a matter of going out, like taking a breath, clearing your mind and letting it rip. And that's, you know, that's where a Blake season comes from. I think he had 51 saves, right? Like you are the guy who's behind the plate every time. Just being like, dude, that's right there. Dude, that's right there. Like, Hey, this guy's ready to go into the game. Like, we have these coaches making decisions. We have like, we're such a, a staple in bringing in playoff critical arms in a, a situation where they have to perform at the, the ultimate level. Well, after the game, they're the same guys, right? We're all talking yeah. about stuff. We're normal guys. Like how do we kind of separate the, game intensity if you will and then like after the game like you and me were grabbing beers at the the toronto arcade or we're grabbing you know drinks at the cleveland local irish pub like how does how do we separate that so much and like how do these guys really keep it day to day if you don't mind uh sharing a little bit about that yeah, well, you know, like it's a mindset for these guys. Um, I never was able to compete at the highest level. I was able to compete, you know, a little bit after college, but um, so I can't attest to what the the best. But, the but best. as as far as in the in the coaches' rooms, right? Like you hear the phone calls that come in about why the f didn't we win today if we had a losing day, and it's like, well, everything was great. We just didn't get it done in this particular aspect, like that part of it as far as like being the bridge between players and coaches give me a little bit about that if you don't mind yeah i mean you you know just as good as anybody baseball that's what makes the game great i mean 162 games season at the major league level sometimes you can do everything right you hit a ball right in the barrel you throw your perfect pitch and it just doesn't get the job done i think that's what's the unique about the game of baseball but i think being able to have a short memory um is helpful especially whether you're playing or as a as an instructor as a coach but yeah, there's times you can do everything in your power and everything perfectly and stuff just isn't going to go your way. So um, I think not taking everything too hard on yourself, it's very serious, but being able to like step away and not take everything so serious at times is helpful. Um, but like you said, there's the best, the best of the best when I was around it are the guys that are able to move pitch to pitch and you don't know whether they just gave up a grand slam or, or closed out game seven of the world series. So being that consistent upper level, going about your business, controlling what you can control are the guys that usually are the most successful. Of course. And that ultimately comes back to like a, a team aspect, right? A guy comes out of a start and he's like, Hey, I wish I was out there a little bit longer. Hey, I wish I wish I was in there a little bit sooner. Everything goes into like, Hey, if I could have helped the team a little bit more than I could have, I would have. Bring me back to now the difference between the pro game and the college game where we've been at Clemson the last two years, as high as like three, four last year, right? Like we had some unbelievable weeks where we're just beating people better than us. Some weeks where we're not playing our best baseball. Give me a, a transition into the college game where it's like, Hey, how do you keep these guys who are even younger at even more of a volatile level, I'd say of going up, down, up, down, 
where it's like, Hey, stay right in the middle, control what you can go do your job. And like, let's, let's let the results fall where they can give me a little bit of, of a transition from the pro to the college game. If you, if you can. Yeah, it, it definitely, it's different. Um, you know, those pro guys, there's a reason they're able to do it themselves. They don't need the guidance, um, at the collegiate level, especially the younger guys, the freshmen, the sophomores, the, you need to stay on a little more. There's a lot more of the ups and downs, uh, you know, at bats to at bats, innings to innings. It's and it's difficult. You know, it's the first time a lot of these kids have been away from their parents, been away from home. It's they're out of their comfort zone. They're asked to take a full class load, you know, and on top, they got a full time job in baseball and they're doing it all on their own. So those first two years are, are a big, big jump. And that goes back to the development processes. Hey, you need to learn how to fail. You need to learn how to take your successes, take your failures, move on, uh, you know, not get too high, not to get too low, but that's, we're having the short memory and the consistency. And that's where, you know, us, the staff members here, if we see something and we can help guys kind of get to that even keel line sooner, that's what we try to do is just, Hey, like, Good things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Being able to control what you can control on a daily basis and leave everything you got out in the field and go from there. Absolutely. And so as a, uh, you know, player development director, what are we really looking for out of our, our high school guys? If we've got 25s or 26s who are like, Hey, I really think I'm a Clemson guy. Give me a couple of the things that, that we're really looking for at our level that set us apart as a freshman, as a sophomore of like, Hey, you might not be right where you need to be. There might be some guys in front of you, but you really will make an impact on this team. And we think you can, you can earn some, some time as, as a young dude. Yeah. I mean, we're always obviously looking for guys who have the good physical attributes on the field as a baseball player, you know, guys who throw hard, run fast, hit ball as far for us. It goes a lot deeper than the physical stuff. Everybody's looking for good physical baseball players. Um, you mentioned earlier, the academics, like guys got to have good grades. If you don't have good grades and you don't have it on the transcripts, we're not going to get you into school. Um, you know, when our coaches are out recruiting, the one thing you can always control is how you carry yourself, how you hustle. We want to see guys that are on off the field, hard nineties down the line, running this, you know, laying out playing like you got your hair on fire. It's, it's easy way to, to cross yourself off a list is if you're dogging it down the line, you got bad body language. Uh, you're dogging on your teammates. Like we're looking for positive dudes that want to show up, play hard and bring their teammates up. Absolutely. And like, it's a, you know, I've had a lot of guys on the podcast from former big leaguers who are college coaches now to guys who are going through the recruiting process. It's very much about the name on the back of our Jersey, right? The, the pole on the, the Phil pole Jersey, rather than the Cooperstown, the Syracuse, the Sky Chiefs, the area code. How do we really like separate these dudes who are so for themselves versus, hey, they'll do anything for the team. Are you in more of a catching role where obviously that plays into being a team guy or are we just kind of seeing that at every position where if you're not running out a fly ball or a ground ball, like you're not the guy who wants to be here anyway. Yeah, I mean, for our guys, the guys we're looking to bring in, our goal is to win a, a collegiate national championship. We want to go to Omaha. We want to bring home the trophy. And, um, you know, we're not looking for guys who are just here because they want to get drafted. Or they're just here because they want their, you know, uh, do well for their self, better their draft stock. You know, we're, it's a team sport. And we're looking for guys who are, like you just said, more worried about the name on the front of their jersey. Now, it takes everybody. 
and we need everybody individually. But when our guys are working together, like the name on the front of the uni, and we saw it last year with the, you know, our team last year started a little tough, struggled a little bit. We hit a couple of rough patches and all of a sudden guys started coming together, start gelling. Boom. We start rolling, uh, able to host a regional, like started really clicking. I think at the, at the end of the season, they're one of the hottest teams in college baseball. So that's, that's fun baseball when guys are playing as a single unit. Yeah. And like that has to be as a coach, you're just like, dude, you guys fucking get it. Like you get it right now. Like when that all starts coming together and it hasn't up to that point, you're like, Hey, this is what we're talking about. Hey, this is what we're talking about. Hey, this is what we're talking about. And it's like, you almost feel like you're talking to, excuse me, you're talking to yourself and you're like, dude, just get it. Just get it. Just get it. Just get it. And you're like, man, if I could have gotten that 18 year old Phil Puller, that 18 year old Jimbo Fort, who's just, Oh, like it's, I'm just so happy to be here. So the, if I could have just gotten you to buy in a little more, like you might've contributed, you might've been a, a part of this. And it's like, you've played with obviously way better guys than I have, but we've had, a ton of guys from this, you know, this region who have been drafted out of there. Like, talk to me a little bit about, you know, in you played for Chatham two years, right? So I have um Holiday's dad, right? Matt Holiday's dad, who's the coach for Chatham A's this year, giving an interview about how the guys who are showing up are only there for themselves. They're only there to better their draft stock. And they're all kind of coming in with a date to leave. Well, you were a Chatham a, you obviously showed up and were like, Hey, I want to contribute to this team. Let's talk about a little bit of the disconnect between some guys today and the ability to really contribute to a team. By the end of the year, those dudes were really like clicking on all cylinders, made a run at the playoffs how come camaraderie is so much more important than everybody just being as good as they can be? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, the college game has changed a lot, even since when me and you were playing it and NIL, um, you know, the name image and likeness, it's a different frontier than it is now. Um, there's a lot more going on than just showing up and playing baseball. And it seems like sometimes these guys are coming in and it's like, Hey, what kind what opportunities are available for me and not what can I do to add some value to the team? And I think you're seeing it. Like you mentioned, uh, Cape Cod, all summer leagues, a lot of these guys, they show up with the end date. Um, it's, it was different back when we were playing, you know, it's, there's a lot of other people in some of these guys ears and it's, it's not everybody. There is a few guys that are doing that, but like, I like to truly believe the most part, a lot of these guys are still trying to get better and then bettering themselves, whether whether it's summer ball or early work, whatever will help the team. So yeah, you have the bad apples and you have some of the selfishness going on for sure. Um, but like at the root of the game, and I think maybe we're fortunate at Clemson, we do have a really good group of guys that I think are driven to, to win baseball games and win as a team. And for that, we're really fortunate. Now, how do we, like, how do we distinct the difference between a, you know, a, a Jim Johnson, Hey, if you're in the transfer portal, you need to come to LSU versus we've recruited you to Clemson and you need to come here. How do we kind of separate the difference on what we're looking for on the college level when we're, we're pretty much on the same playing field as a guy like, uh, as, as a guy like Jim at LSU. 
Yeah, well, you know, the transfer portal portal has changed a lot. And, you know, we were able to add some graduate transfer student guys this year, which I think are really going to help us out. It doesn't um, hurt everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, you're still looking for good makeup guys. You're looking for guys that want to come in and do whatever they can to help the team win, whether that's grabbing guys from the transfer portal. For us, we, we were able to bring in some graduate students um, help us out. Uh, we were, you know, unfortunately lost a couple guys to the transfer portal, but that's part of where the game is going. And, and, you know, we'll have to adjust just like everybody else is having to adjust. But at the end of the day, like the core values are still the same. We want guys who are selfless, put the team first, do anything they can to help help win ball games, And that's on on the field and in the classroom. Now, we played for for Jack. Give me a little bit about is there anything that we embody as a, as a coach now, obviously having some turnover in the, the head coaching position, but is there anything we embody as like a coach now that really came from him and that we like really hold true to in the old part of the game versus like just uh, letting the brakes off here in 2023? Yeah, no, sorry. I got my sun hard on the back i don't know if you can hear him getting close to bedtime but what's up Vin? i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> uh no but jack i mean i played for jack for four years he's one of the most winning college baseball coaches of all time he was able to be back on staff last year uh coach backage brought him back when he took the job as a head coach so having him back on staff being able to work alongside with side with him having played four years under him was amazing i mean the dude has an immense, immense amount of influence and energy and knowledge of the game at that plays at any level. So bringing him Tom, back in the fold. We got the book over here. It's not in, it's not in sight, but but we got we got Jack's book over here too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, playing for him, learning from him, being around him was a dream come true. Again, it had been too long since I you know seen him in person. It was a great opportunity experience for me to just work alongside him all last year. Well, that's huge. So big aspirations for the Clemson baseball team this year. Obviously we're in the fall. We had, you know, high hopes last year. Give me a little bit about what you expect from your student athletes, 2024, 2025, if we're still looking for guys in that class and what we're kind of expecting out of the Clemson baseball team this year uh, in the spring season. Yeah. I mean, as for recruiting, um, I think we're always looking. Um, obviously, we've got some needs filled already in those those classes, but I think we're always looking. Um, but from our guys this year, I think you're going to see a lot of what I'd mentioned earlier, guys that are coming out, playing hard all the time, guns a-blazing for the guy next to them, not for the name on the back of their jersey. But I think you're going to see a good team. Our, our The guys, new guys we brought in seem to be gelling quick. There's a lot of talent. Um, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the year. Well, listen, man, Clemson baseball is always a staple in life. Once again, I'm working a dishwashing job while someone goes, hey, did you see the the newspaper article about Phil going to Clemson baseball? And I was like, well, everybody better hear about that. Like, that's the greatest news that's ever come out of our town. And it's like anybody who gets to move on to Clemson as an athlete, I'm guessing that the the hometown story kind of is about them. Right. So it's not, we're lining up against other guys who are going to Virginia or Vanderbilt or Florida or, but like the Clemson guys that we're looking for, give me a little bit about where they're from and the, the, this'll be kind of the, the end of it. Like if you're going after a Clemson recruit, what are we exactly looking for out of them? 
Uh, well, like I said, what guys were looking to recruit, obviously the physical attributes are, are big, but like we're looking for team guys, guys that are willing to, to bust not only on the field, but in the, in the weight room, in the classroom, guys that are willing to go, go the extra mile, guys that are willing to stay in the cages late, show up early, uh, learn both the game of baseball while playing it, but also better themselves in the classroom, guys that are looking to, you know, be leaders in the community and on the field. We're looking for the total package, but of selfless guys. Did you get uh, engaged on the on the lawn at Clemson? I did. I did. Bowman Field. My wife and I got engaged. Yep. You walked across the field and uh, awkwardly were like, "Well, um, we're just taking a walk." But wait, hang on. Let me let me ask you to uh, to marry me right here. <laughs> Can you like walk that. me a little Down bit through that as a uh, dual we'll Clemson athlete? You and Chrissy being a track athlete. Um, yeah. How important is Clemson to our family here? extremely important like i said it was great to jump on the opportunity to come back here but it's been a, a blessing being back down here and like we just said I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what this season holds well that's awesome man i hope you get back out there on the field with uh with vin with our daughter everybody who's out there i appreciate you holding down the fort with us i Thank you for listening to Holding Down the Fort. This is Jimbo Fort reminding you to hold it down. Be on the lookout for our new merch. Anybody who has any questions for the show or for our guests on the show, please email us at holdingdownthefortpod at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube for all the latest updates and to hold it with us. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back for the next episode.